your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 2nd, 2021. Your boy Q here of another fun week of shows, another game to look forward to on Sunday against the Washington football team as they're headed to town to take on the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. Very excited about the game. Very excited about today's show. As you know, it is crossover Thursday, so we'll get a deep dive into the Washington football team. Before we get into any of that, though, I do want to let you know today's show is being brought to you by Stat Hero. It's the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups winner take all sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a hundred percent deposit match again that's stat hero the title sponsor today's show i'll tell you all about them a little bit later i also like to thank you for making the locked on raiders podcast your first listen each and every day and remember you can find the show free and available on all platforms and side note thank you to everyone who has tweeted at me the little spotify notifications about what you listen to the most throughout the year as far as podcasts go so many people have reached out and shown me the graphic that they listen to the locked on raiders podcast a lot a lot all year long so i definitely appreciate that now coming up on today's show as i mentioned crossover thursday what does that mean if you're just now listening for the very first time well you're in for a treat that means the host of whatever locked on show whatever team is next up on the schedule that host will join the show to break down that team and let you know exactly what to expect in the upcoming game so On the schedule is the Washington football team. As I mentioned, they're going to be coming to Allegiant Stadium to take on the Raiders on Sunday. So David Harrison, host of Locked On Washington football team, is going to join the show to talk all things offense and talk all things defense when it comes to the Washington football team. By the way, they're on a three-game winning streak, so you know that they feel pretty good about themselves. They're cooking with grease, like I like to say. So he's going to join us in segment number two and segment number three to break down all things Washington football team. Here is segment number one, news and notes of the day. Got a little bit of a roster update and got some sound bites that I want you to hear from the Raiders media session and also an interview that my guy JT the Brick did on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday with Raiders play-by-play voice Brent Musburger. So that's all coming up here in this segment. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. I mentioned the roster news. The Raiders signed long snapper Carson Tinker to the active 53-man roster on Wednesday. And this has to do with Trent Sieg, who is the current long snapper for the Raiders. He's in COVID-19 protocol right now, so he's got to actually pass two COVID-19 tests. He's got to get two negatives 24 hours apart, spread apart, before he can be cleared to play on Sunday. So just in case he doesn't, they went and signed long snapper Carson Tinker. He was originally signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars as an undrafted free agent back in 2013. Uh, He's made stops with the Jaguars from 2013 to 19, New York Giants in 2020, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers years of 2021 he's actually been in 77 games throughout his career so the good thing is they got a guy with some experience (laughs) that is the positive for sure so the Raiders signed long snapper Carson Tinker now, any kind of addition to the roster, you always have to have a corresponding move. And there's not been indicated yet. It hasn't been specified what their corresponding move is. I'm sure sometime today it will roll out exactly what move they made. But as of right now, I do not know. And depending on what time you're listening to this show, it might already be out. But uh, please believe, as soon as I get the update, I will let you know. If you follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254, I'll tweet it out as well some point throughout the course of the day. 
Now, with that being said, the Raiders did meet with the media on Wednesday. Interim head coach Rich Basaccia, Derek Carr, and Unique Ngakwe. All three of those guys met with the media, and I'm just going to bring you some sound bites from the interim head coach. And the first one's just going to have to do, it's just his opening statement, but it's more like an injury report. Letting you know about Darren Waller, letting you know about Trayvon Mullen and others. Here he is, Rich Basaccia's opening statement. We just got done with practice, and, and uh, Waller did not participate. Um, Carl Nassip did not. Patrick did not, and, and um, they're still week to week. We'll know a little bit more as uh, I get with our trainer at the end of the day today. Um, we had worked a new snapper in today, depending on what happens with Trent as we go through the week. Um, Carson Tinker, he played last in Tampa Bay a few weeks ago, actually played against uh, Washington the last time he played. Um, and uh, Trayvon Mullen is still week to week. He ran a little bit off to the side today, but I haven't talked to uh, Chris to see where he is at this particular point. So. That's where we're at. I'll take any questions. So there is interim head coach Rich Basaccia, his opening statement. Waller, Carl Nassib, don't think either one of those guys play on Sunday. Doesn't sound like they're anywhere close. Trayvon Mullen, cornerback, he doesn't sound like he's going to be ready anytime soon. Uh, you heard Rich Basaccia talk about Carson Tinker. He's the long snapper that I told you that the Raiders signed on Wednesday. Well, he went into a little bit more detail. I believe Vinny Bonsignor asked him about Carson Tinker and how important it is to have a reliable long snapper as the Raiders have experienced in the past not having their long snapper when John Condor went down you know we, we had a couple options a couple different guys and he, he's um, played recently he's played in over 70 games and and there's a, a lot of experience I think he played as recent as three weeks ago so um, we're fortunate we can get him in here um, and he passes all the protocol and he had a good day today and it'll get a little bit better tomorrow. So there's Rich Basaccia talking about Carson Tinker signed him to the roster on Wednesday sound like he's going to get a lot more burn uh, throughout the rest of the week leading up to Sunday and if uh, Trent C can't go then it'll be Carson Tinker's show to be the long snapper for the silver and black my final soundbite from Basaccia has to do with the team on Sunday that they'll be playing the Washington football team. Here's a little breakdown from him. Really all three phases he talks offense, defense and special teams. Well certainly they're finding a way to win at the end of a game, right? Um, they're playing with a quarterback, plays with a lot of grit. Uh, my son played at Middle Tennessee, so I'm familiar with him playing at Old Dominion. And and um, really, it's if you're a fan of football, you, you're a fan of watching him play football. You know, he's hard to get on the ground. He can extend plays um, with his legs, and he doesn't look like he's afraid to zip a ball down the middle of the field like he did on Monday night. And certainly, they're you know they're really running the ball well. Obviously, uh, Gibson's getting better each week um, playing running back in the league, and, and uh, they're doing a good job of blocking up front. So I think that's the first thing that you see when you look at their offense, uh, the way the quarterback's playing. And we had McLaurin in the in the senior bowl. We all fell in love with him. You know, his attitude, his effort, his ability to make big plays. He was a great special teams player coming out. So, uh, you know, he's really playing well for him as well. And then the tight end is, you know, he's been hard to cover. And, and uh, we've we got to make sure we can know where he is, right? So, and then defensively, they're, they're two inside players, you know, are playing, they're playing really well. They're stout inside. Um, they're doing a great job. Their safety, Collins, comes down in the box a bunch. He's a physical player. So I think they're lining up. They're very similar to some of the teams we've played here recently that know what to do. They're trying to do it really well. They're trying to play really physical. They're giving themselves a chance to um, win games in the end by the way in which they're playing. So they, they've had a big kickoff return for a touchdown here as well this year against Atlanta. So um, they're forcing a kicking game also.
So there's the breakdown of the Washington football team. Very detailed breakdown of the Washington football team right there from interim head coach Rich Basaccia. I can appreciate that, man. That was a hell of a breakdown. Let you really know about the team in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. Now, I wanted you to hear a couple sound bites from Raiders play-by-play voice Brent Musburger. He was on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday with JT the Brick, whose show comes on from 12 to 2 right before my show, Unnecessary Roughness, comes on from 2 to 4. Uh, there was a few questions that, that JT said and asked him that really really stood out to me and it got a lot of attention matter of fact on Wednesday even pro football talk they picked it up and put out some quotes on it but uh, here was Brett Musburger just talking about the Washington football team what to expect what kind of team is coming to town and I want to alert everybody that this Washington football team is better than people think they are okay uh, coach, coach Rivera after the four game losing streak they went to the bye and he changed things around he went back to Rivera football and they had the ball for over 40 minutes against Seattle on Monday night. They kept Russell Wilson off the field. They will attempt to do that to the Raiders again. So our linebackers and Abram and the fellows on the corner better get ready because the, the Washington football team is coming to run the football. Now, they do have, because they played on Monday, they are at a disadvantage. And I was just checking their injury list. I wanted to see who was missing from practice today. Their outstanding safety, Landon Collins, Mm -hmm. JT, did not go, nor did backup running back J.D. McKissick, and he has been listed as questionable. So for those who like to make a little wager here in Las Vegas (laughs) on your favorite Raider team, keep an eye on those injuries. You know what I mean, my man? So there is Brent Musburger with his own little breakdown of the Washington football team. Again, that was an interview that he did with JT the Brick on Wednesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. So a couple more little sound bites, and uh, Brent Musburger goes into really good detail on these. First of all, JT asked him about the issues the Raiders have dealt with off the field, from John Gruden and his emails to Henry Ruggs in that tragic accident involving Tina Tentor, young lady here in Las Vegas. I don't think any team has gone through this. Obviously, John Gruden is a is a very dear friend of mine, and and I spoke to him uh, the day after he stepped down. I, I had a nice talk with him on the telephone, and of course, the team responded with a couple of wins, but then after the tragedy involving Rugs, it kind of took their breath away, and it was so much. I, I don't think people realize. Uh, how emotionally draining things like that can be. Uh, and Derek Carr, Derek Carr had started to thrive under Coach Gruden. So I really thought that he missed him. And then his best deep threat is suddenly gone for the season. You have to remake so many things. Now, the youngsters and the coaches, and God bless Rich Bisacci, he's such a great guy, pull for him all the time. Uh, they said the right things, but I knew they were hurting. They had to be deep down, as so many people were. Uh, throughout this period, but they sort of stayed the course. And and like I say, as far as I'm concerned, the Thanksgiving Day victory saved their season. Now, that doesn't mean I think they're automatically going to go to the playoffs. It's a tough stretch. It's a tough finishing stretch. And almost everybody in the AFC is a playoff contender. Uh, I think they've set a record for how many teams are 500 or over right now uh, coming into week week 13. But it was, it was very draining, even for me. Uh, I was a huge, huge Ruggs fan on the field. Uh, I remember his, his great game-winning catch against the Jets. Uh, I remember uh, how he went up and he high-pointed Howard of Miami, took the ball away. Things like that, JT, it was hard on me. I, and, and even now, I miss him uh, dearly not being out there. And 
The other day, um, one of the games, it wasn't a Dallas game. I think it was a previous game. I think there were 13 penalties uh, against the Raiders and, like, none against the Bengals until the fourth quarter. I can always say to myself, that would never have happened under Gruden because Gruden, he would have buried the side judge in front of him, if you know what I mean. Okay, so so it was a, it's something I miss dearly. I'm pulling for the guys going forward. I thought Deshaun Jackson, by the way, turned in maybe the biggest play of the year when he came down the sideline on that 56-yard touchdown uh, on the Raiders' first series against the Cowboys. I thought that was, I thought that was that uplifting moment when Derek Carr and the offense said, "Wait a minute, this guy's still got some juice. Uh, maybe we can get some mileage out of him." So it's, but but they've asked the Raiders to do a lot. Uh, I think ownership has handled this extremely well. Going forward, uh, you would think that Mark Davis obviously is thinking about next year, but he says he's not. He's focused on this year. And that, that is what he should say. And that is what he should stand behind and back Versace and the, and the rest of the coaches. So there is Brent Musburger talking about the issues that have plagued the Raiders off the field uh, from John Gruden's emails to Henry Ruggs and that tragic accident. Just a lot, obviously, that they've had to deal with. Now, the final soundbite has to do with John Gruden suing the NFL, and uh, he really talks about how angry and upset Gruden is at the beginning and even Mark Davis being upset and angry at the beginning. Again, not condoning what John Gruden said in those emails. Obviously, that was not good. He should not have done that. But here's Brent Musburger thoughts on that yeah and i certainly understand uh gruden's feeling and i understand mark davis's feeling about this too that uh however i I do want to point out one thing that that gets makes this story kind of messy and first of all Mm -hmm. as i told coach whoever took you out john that was a paid assassin okay that that was one of the best hit jobs that I've been or ever been around. Okay, they did. They didn't go to their media goombas. They didn't leak this to Adam Schefter uh, or one of those guys who breaks stories. They first went to the Wall Street Journal, and when Gruden was still coaching after that, then they dumped the rest of it on the New York Times. That was a professional hit job. But I want to tell everybody that I'm not completely sure it was somebody in the NFL. There was a second lawsuit involved. Okay. Uh, between the owner Snyder of Washington and a former general manager. And that means that a lot of outside people had access to those emails that they were going through. So I'm, I think the hardest part for Gruden's lawyers to prove is that somebody from the National Football League actually leaked that. Because if it is somebody from the NFL, shame on them, okay? Mm-hmm. Because Mark Davis should have been told in the summer when he had something to do about it. Now, my ultimate second guess, and believe me, this came from James Lofton in a, in a conversation we had when he was in town broadcasting a game. I, hindsight's twenty twenty, But I wish, if, if we look at Ezekiel Elliott, he was suspended for six games, okay, uh, for sexual transgressions. I wish that Coach Gruden had been suspended uh, for four, five, or six games. to talk. But again, I want to be perfectly clear about this. This is the ultimate second guess by me. I didn't think of it at the time. Um, I I didn't think that John's career should be ruined by his stupidity. Uh, It had been so long ago. Uh, I just don't think we we need to out people for that. Uh, But so be it. You know, uh, the Raiders have to pick up and go forward and, and we will see what happens. So there you heard what the challenges are going to be, what our challenges are presenting 
John Gruden in this NFL lawsuit because, man, it's going to be tough to determine, you know, who said what, who did what, uh, what was the intent. I mean, all that. It's going to be really hard for John Gruden to prove that, and that's what his side of things is going to have to do. So uh, that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. A little news and notes, really just uh, some good sound bites from both Rich Basaccia and also Raiders play-by-play voice Brent Musburger in an interview he did with JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up in segment number two, part one of the crossover edition with uh, Locked On Washington football team host David Harrison. He'll break down all things offense. That's coming up after I tell you about Stat Hero. So you're probably wondering, Q, what is Stat Hero? Besides the title sponsor of today's show, it's the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner takes all. Traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. And here's the crazy part about Stat Hero. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your own Fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for that, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero, head to head, is what daily fantasy should be one on one. Right now, if you want to sign up, go to stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on for a 100% match. Again, for the folks in the back row, stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump in to part one of the crossover edition. David Harrison hosts the Locked On Washington football team. He joins the show to talk all things offense and defense. And right now we're going to start off talking all things offense here in segment number two, but also going to start off talking about the current three-game winning streak of the Washington football team. And as a team that started out two and six at one point in the season, went into the bye week, they've been playing a lot better. What has been the biggest reason for the current three game winning streak. You know, I, I think it's a little bit of a combination of a couple of things. I think it's one part Taylor Heineke kind of getting to a point there. I think when they entered the bye week where you, you kind of call it rock bottom, right? I mean, he wasn't, you know, down and out and, and all that stuff getting benched or anything crazy like that. But you, you had kind of seen the worst of what Taylor Heineke could bring to a football field. And, and by that, I kind of mean just a lot of inconsistencies, some inaccuracies, and you're still going to see inaccuracies from here and there. He's just not the most accurate quarterback in the world. And then the arm strength is just never going to, I mean, you know, arm strength kind of has a ceiling. And I think he's kind of reached his, but from an execution standpoint, that's really where uh, things had to kind of come together. And in a decision-making standpoint, he's gotten a lot better coming out of the bye, And he's kind of said that he just kind of went out there, reminded himself that this is supposed to be fun. Uh, and multiple times leading into the bye week before the win streak started, you heard coaches and you heard Taylor himself talk about trying to be too perfect and make too, too right of a decision. And that, and I oftentimes led to, being late and everybody watches football for any extended period of time. When you have a weak arm quarterback, who's also late, it's not going to go very well. And you saw a lot of turnovers, especially interceptions early on in the season, but here in this, in this winning streak, uh, Taylor Heineken has only had one interception that just came this past weekend and they were able to overcome it. And he's making much better decisions. The arm strength still isn't there and that's fine. But then you also see Scott Turner, the offense coordinator, his offense is looking a little bit more like it's suited for a guy like Taylor Heineken. And I really think 
that as they went into the bye and they kind of realized Ryan Fitzpatrick's hip injury was going to keep him out longer than maybe they had first anticipated, they started inserting some things that fit Taylor Heineke's skill set, where he's a mobile quarterback, good on the move, and all those things. You've seen some run options since the bye week. We've seen some some more of the pocket moving uh, by design, and those are all things that are going to help Taylor Heineke down the road. And so far, it's all clicking really well. Yeah, it really is. And it looks really good. Of course, it was on the big stage on Monday Night Football against Seattle. And I'll say this, uh, Heineke has, you know, obviously he has areas that he has to improve. We all get that. We, we, we don't think that he's, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback. But I mean, on Monday night, he looked more like Russell Wilson than Russell Wilson looked like Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? And just yeah. the, it's like he leaves everything out on the field every single play, he gives you everything he has. And that's something I really respect. Yeah, he's he's the guy you want to root for. I mean, he's he's the story, you know, uh, you, I know Kurt Warner, you know, his story just got made into a movie and all that. And that's that's great. But uh, Taylor Heineke really is. He's the kind of kid that, you know, not a lot of offers coming out of high school. And and uh, they actually talked about during the Monday Night broadcast that if he was six, three, he would have had all kinds of offers. But because right. he was a few inches too short, his offers were limited. Uh, he went to Old Dominion, not because they had the best program or the best opportunities, because they were first. And he appreciated the fact that they believed in him before anybody else believed in, in him. He's been with Scott Turner in his NFL career now for five years uh, in his program. So, again, this is a guy who values loyalty, values opportunity, and he's just he's kind of one of those hard on your sleeve uh, type of guys early on in the season when he started having just a little bit of success. You could see him getting choked up during press conferences. And I mean, if 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 they had a one in Green Bay, I think you'd have seen a full full blown emotional outburst uh, from the young man, given that that was his childhood team. Him and his father used to root for uh, Brett Favre and all of them. So, I mean, he's just the kind of guy you want to see succeed in the National Football League, unless, of course, you're a Raiders fan this weekend. You don't want to see him uh, <laughs> succeed. But just one of those stories, man, and that's kind of what makes him so, so, so such a glue guy. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the roster really kind of comes around him and wants to believe in them just like the fan base does. You know, and one thing about this uh, Washington offense, what I've been noticing, and of course, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like a team that really wants to possess the ball, hold on to the rock, establish the run game. Gibson, I mean, monster game on Monday night. Uh, got a couple couple guys in the backfield that could really get it done, but are very comfortable with holding on to the ball, not asking Heineke to do too much, but just don't make the big mistake. Absolutely. That's that's what it's all about. It and, and the more they can possess the ball, for one, the defense has been living up to its preseason billing and they're banged up. I mean, you're without Chase Young for the rest of the season. Montez Sweat uh, out with a broken jaw. He's going to be out for obviously this game and a little mm. while longer after that. So two of your most lethal parts of your defense are now off the field. Uh, the defense has still actually been able to kind of look better week to week. I know they gave up some chunk plays and some explosives against the Seattle Seahawks, but outside of a couple of plays here and there over the last three weeks, they've looked much improved. Which I, think is a, I think is a credit to Jack Del Rio and the decision to move Landon Collins into the box. Don't call him a linebacker. He's still a safety, but he's going to be lined up about five yards off the line of scrimmage where, you know, a linebacker would be. Um, but that's, you know, those are all parts of it. But then also keep it, again, keeping the defense on or off the field. If you're a Washington, Russell Wilson can't be dangerous if he's standing on the sidelines right. getting cold in the Washington air. So, you know, they're going to look to do the same thing against Derek Carr uh, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, I don't, I'm going to ask you how much, how well he's fitting in anyway. Uh, Washington football team fan base is very familiar with Deshaun. I'm very familiar with my time covering him with the Buccaneers. So a, a lot of connections there. But 
Deshaun Jackson, no matter how well he's he's clicking or not clicking, he can't burn anybody when he's sitting on the sidelines. No, not at all. He really can't. And, you know, the, again, the, the run game, uh, noticing that on Monday, I just thought that, hey, that's what teams that want to run the ball, uh, that's what they look to do is, is what Washington is doing. And, you know, I, I also said it would look kind of similar to what John Gruden wanted the Raiders to do, be that, you know, ball control team, that heavy with the run, you know, uh, throw those underneath passes and kind of, you know, just, just keep the other defense or the other offense off the field. Uh, that's what really John Gruden wanted to do. And I see, you know, Ron Rivera and Washington, the football team, uh, establishing that as well. We know about Terry McLaurin. We know that he's an absolute stud, uh, but there's also been injuries as far as other wide receivers that, uh, you know, that, that Heineke has to throw the ball to. What do the injury front look like, not only for the wide receiving core, uh, but the running backs and even the offensive line? Yeah, the running back should be mostly good to go. I mean, Antonio Gibson's been dealing with a shin injury pretty much the entire season. He's been playing with it, limited in practice all season long. Uh, Brandon Scherf up front, you know, blocking for him has been limited for quite a while now, but he continues to go. So outside of, uh, you know, outside of setbacks and all that, he should be fine. J.D. McKissick is a guy that went down and, you know, if you watch the game, he's actually carted off the field. So obviously a lot of of trepidation and concern uh, for J.D. There's such a huge, such a huge part of that Washington offense as a part of that one two punch with Antonio Gibson. But according to his agent on Twitter, which, you know, that's that's where we get all the reports these days. It seems is on Twitter. Right. Uh, he's he's should be good to go. And that's kind of a paraphrasing. Not an official. He didn't participate in practice on Wednesday. Uh, listed with a concussion. So again, it's not an official report, but as of right now, it seems to be pointing up that he probably uh, will be available, which is again, going to be huge trying to go up against Raiders defense and exploit uh, the running game and control the clock. Like you said, for the wide receivers, Curtis Samuel really is his first time back since week four. He, he technically played against Green Bay in the next week, but not he didn't really play. I think he got like two or three three snaps and, and he was off uh, until that's this was just just this last week. But DeAndre Carter is a guy uh, like I said, you already know about Terry McLaurin. DeAndre Carter is a guy who entered the season with no touchdowns. And in the last three games, he's had two and more catches in the last three games than he had in the first eight because he was a relative unknown. But every single week, he's just kind of another one of those stories, another guy who's getting an opportunity because of injuries, stepping up on the field, making the best of him. He's a, he's a special special teams ace on, in the return game, but he's also making plays for the offense. Uh, and he's a guy that can, is going to continue to get that expanded role. And then you have Jared Patterson as well, who's a little bit more of a bowling ball type guy than the Antonio Gibson uh, and, and J.D. McKissick. So they can mix in a little bit of power. A very small guy, hard to find in the mix uh, is really kind of his biggest weapon. But a lot of guys that a lot of people outside of Washington probably don't know very well but they might get to learn about them uh, a little bit on Sunday. So there's David Harrison right there talking all things Washington football team offense and what they like to do. And there's not a whole lot of detail. I mean, as you see, the segment wasn't a whole long segment because there's not a whole lot of details of what they like to do when it comes to the offense. They want to run the ball. They want to hold on to it and they want to not make mistakes. I mean, that sells pretty, sounds pretty simple, but uh, it's been what they've been able to execute. And it's the main reason why they're on a current three game winning streak. Well, obviously the defense has something to do with that as well. Uh, they're ranked very highly in the league right now, especially against the run. Uh, we'll learn all things about the Washington football team defense coming up in segment number three. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about our good friends at betonline.ag. They are your number one stop for all the sporting action all year long. It doesn't matter what sport you're talking about, pro college basketball, pro college football, they got it. NHL, got it. Boxing, they got you covered. UFC, they got you covered. They even have you covered on your favorite Vegas casino games. Uh, we talked about head coaches and GMs and all that good stuff. They'll have your prop bets on who's going to be the next head coach and where. All you got to do is check them out today at betonline.ag. They're your number one spot for all the sports action all season long. Head to the website on your mobile or your laptop device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus 
bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On. That's how you get your bonus. It's all one word, Locked On, and you'll receive that 50% welcome bonus no matter how much your deposit is. Just make sure you use the promo code Locked On, or you won't get it, and you'll be angry. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the games start. Segment number three and part two of the crossover edition, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part two of the crossover edition, talking with David Harrison, host of Locked On Washington football team. We talked all things offense. Now it's time to focus on the defense, and we all know the defense is pretty stinking salty. Uh, Been holding opponents under 25 points. The Raiders win when they win, when they get over 30 points. So uh, it's going to be a battle on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. But here's part two of that conversation. We start off talking all things defense, and in particular, Landon Collins, who had a position switch earlier in the year from safety to linebacker kind of playing that Jonathan Abram role so we start off talking about the switch positions and the injury to the foot uh, as far as the injury is concerned as of right now and, and again Ron Rivera is like a lot of head coaches doesn't like to give a lot uh, early on in the week I'm personally not concerned I think Leon Collins is going to play he's going to be active for this game uh, but again there's there's not gonna be a whole lot of hand tipping from right. the Washington football team end until they absolutely have to uh, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that but as far as the transition is concerned I mean Going back to the offseason, a lot of media members were saying that they just kind of felt like in this defense landing would be better suited in the box as kind of a line in that linebacker role. Uh, He said he wasn't going to do it. Jack Del Rio said he wasn't going to do it. And then you get into the season. That's what you saw. But you also saw Landon missing a lot of tackles in the open field. You saw him miss blowing a lot of coverages, miss assignments. There was a notorious play where free safety Bobby McCain is trying to signal to Landon Collins to get deeper on his on his coverage pre-snap. He kind of waves him off and says, I know what I'm doing. I got it. He ends up getting burned uh, for for a, a huge – I can't remember the exact yardage on it, but just a massive touchdown, huge, huge uh, explosive play for the opposing offense. Just kind of one of those things. And it all kind of came to a head, and they finally said, look, you're going to move into the box. He didn't like it. Publicly stated that he didn't like it. The coach has publicly stated we know he doesn't like it, but it doesn't matter. He's going to do it anyway. <laughs> And the biggest concern that we had about it was, okay, it's one thing to not like it and to not want to do it. It's another to be a veteran, be a leader on the team, and go out and do your job anyway. And I got to give Landon Collins all the credit in the world. He comes out every single weekend playing a position he doesn't want to play and does it with perhaps the most excitement I've ever seen a veteran who doesn't want to do Like we've seen NFL veterans get forced into situations a lot. You would not think that Landon Collins doesn't want to play that position based on the way that he plays it. I think he's having a lot of fun now. Haven't really gotten an updated take on Landon if he if he enjoys it or not, but he certainly looks like he enjoys it. And he likes to blitz. Uh, he, he likes the tackling. He likes the hitting and all that. So he just doesn't like hitting the uh, the big tight end guys. So we'll see how, how much he enjoys covering uh, Darren Waller if he if he gets out there. But um, so far so good. And I think that again, it's kind of showing the rest of the team. Like, listen, this is a growing uh, a growing process. You know, one week you might be a deep safety, single high coverage. And the next week you might be two yards from the line of scrimmage. Just roll with it. Give your best effort, do your job, play your assignment, and we'll come out with a win. You know, and I, I don't think that he'll be having to worry about going up against Darren Waller. I don't think he's going to play this no. week. He's got an IT band uh, injury, so it uh, looks like he's going to be week to week. So I'm expecting him to miss Sunday's game. But Foster Moreau will be there, which is, uh, you know, another mm-hmm. tight end that the Raiders have that's really good. Yeah. How, how good is Collins at coverage as far as the tight ends go? I mean, coverage is definitely his weaker spot, right? Okay. Run support and, and all that is his stronger suit. We've even seen him kind of be weak there, especially with tackling sometimes. It's been better since he moved up to the line. I would say I'm more comfortable with him de- defending a tight end than I am uh, defending a, a, a shiftier running back uh, or, or a wide receiver. So I guess it's an upgrade. I don't think I'd put him in, you know, even the top half necessarily uh, of the league. But what 
the Washington football team has done a really good job of is they'll bring Landon on a safety and drop off a guy in coverage. And it kind of gives, you know, some of those quarterbacks, Derek Carr, a little bit more, more used to those kinds of looks. So it may not be as effective against him, but you see quarterbacks kind of have to pull that ball back a little bit, kind of hesitate on their read a little bit because they got to figure out who's going where uh, and how the defense is shifting. And that's something they've done to kind of accentuate their or kind of hide a little bit uh, some of their coverage deficiencies. I think it's worked well so far. Again, the more you do it, right, and the longer you do it, the more film there is. And a guy like Derek Carr, been around the league a little bit, so he's going to have more to study and more to see. And you might see a few of those things coming. But so far, it's been good. It's it's definitely been a, a huge improvement. And you try not to get too hyped up because of where he came from versus where he is. But it is it is night and day from where he was beforehand. But still, I would say, you know, solid to above average. Right. And, you know, one of the things that really intrigues me about this game is the chess match that's going to be Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator for the Washington football team, and Derek Carr, who, well, he was the head coach of Derek Carr for, you know, a few years with the Raiders uh, when they were in Oakland. So has there been any conversation about Del Rio and Carr and maybe even Del Rio tipping some of the hand of, hey, this is what Carr is very comfortable with and this is what he's not comfortable with? Not that there's not film. I mean, there's plenty of film on Derek Carr uh, for anyone to see but I mean he knows him probably a little bit better than most yeah I'm sure Jack has, has been looking and, and he's kind of he probably even tipped off the pro scouts ahead of time said hey look look for some of these tendencies tell me if they're still there or uh, tell me if they're not there and if he's getting confirmation he's going to feel pretty comfortable uh, when when the, when the Washington football team went to Carolina and all the conversation was about Ron Rivera going back to Charlotte and meeting up with Cam Newton again you know Ron kind of talked about having uh, kind of a, a book of plays set aside just in case he ever had to face Cam Newton. Uh, so he's going to pull those out. And Jack was asked about getting that that win for coaching, getting that win for for what it means. And he said, I don't really care about that, but I do have the Raiders coming up. So maybe it'll be more important when that when that happens. So he's definitely looking forward uh, to the matchup. I'm sure he's got some tricks up his sleeve for Derek that he uh, is pretty sure is going to work or, you know, just things that he knows uh, that are their Derek's strengths and how to prepare uh, his guys. But like you said, I mean, it's, it has been a little while, but again, all the film in the world and all the tape in the world, uh, it's going to be a fun matchup because Jack is pretty much already admitted, I think, to the extent he's going to admit that it means something. Yeah, I'm sure it does, uh, especially the way that uh, he was removed from the head coaching position uh, and then John right. Gruden brought in immediately afterwards. I'm sure it does mean a little something to to Del Rio uh, when he returns to, to face his old team in the Raiders, even though it's in Las Vegas and not in Oakland. Now, I, I did want to ask you about the defense the line and we know Chase Young is out you mentioned Montez Sweat I was going to ask you if he's going to be out but you said he's going to be out so okay how have they been so successful up front even without those two guys I know big Jonathan Allen in the middle is a hog yeah it's and that's where it starts is Jonathan Allen Jonathan Allen's been great and uh, even though he hasn't had a sack yet coming out of the bye I mean he's he's still getting a lot of quarterback hits he's getting a lot of pressure he's definitely he's definitely being uh, impactful up front there uh, Deron Payne is still coming on you know, kind of in phases and spurts, not as consistent maybe as you want him to be, but still definitely an effective guy. And on the edges, replacing Chase Young and Montez Sweat, it's it's kind of weird actually. But I think what you what you really have because shortly before Chase Young got injured, uh, Ron Rivera was was actually publicly starting to say like Chase Young needs to kind of uh, rely on his assignment a little bit. Sometimes he's trying to get a little off script and and be a little bit too fancy to try to be the guy that makes the play and. One of Ron Rivera's uh, favorite sayings is the play doesn't care who makes it. And, you know, so I mean, right. you know, a 70 yard bomb caught by the star receiver, caught by the undrafted fifth stringer, doesn't matter. It's still a 70 yard bomb, and the 70 yard bomb just wants to be caught. And, and that's kind of his point. Chase was kind of struggling a little bit with that. He wanted to be the guy to lead the team, the guy to make the play. And sometimes it got him out of position, and opposing offenses were taking advantage of it. Well, with Casey Tuhill and James Smith Williams filling in for those two star players, these aren't guys that anybody's looking to to say, 
you're going to be the guy coming off the edge, getting the big sack, the, stri- the strip sack, uh, stuff like that. So they can more comfortably, you know, it's, it's always easier a little bit to execute when you're the underdog and kind of slept on. So they can just kind of go out there, do their job. And for the guys behind them in the linebacker and the secondary group, if the guys up front are where they're supposed to be, if they're fitting, if they're filling the fits that they're supposed to fit, uh, fill, it makes it a little bit easier for the Landon Collins and Cole Holcombs uh, and the Jamin Davises of the world, especially the rookie first rounder, Jamin Davis. You know, if he's supposed to be going into a fit and he goes in there, number 99 and is sitting in that hole. It, now he's got to go off script and you're talking about a rookie who may not make the right decision. So I think in a way it's actually kind of helped the rest of the squad be more confident in doing just their job and getting out there. And, and hopefully during his timeout, Chase is, is kind of sitting there saying, look, this is this is the kind of thing, this kind of team success we can have if I just stay within the scheme and do my job. Doesn't have to go out there and be, you know, the next great edge defender in year two. He can go out there and be a part of the system. Where is their weak spot? Where would be the, okay, if the Raiders are going to have success offensively, this is what they have to do. Where, where would you find that on the defense? Uh, it's the deep ball, especially off the play action. Th- these guys are, are super aggressive and they want to be super aggressive. Uh, and so, you know, you get Josh Jacobs running, you know, a couple of three yarder here, a four or a five yarder here, another three yarder here, you hit play action and you can end up with a big play. That's what Seattle, you know, was basically doing. And, and that's kind of what you expected. My key to victory uh, for Washington going to that Seattle game was to not give up uh, three or three or more than three explosive plays in order to win the game. Well, they gave up exactly three and then you saw how close that game was. So you give up one more explosive play, right? You may end up losing that game. That's where the vulnerability is. If Josh Jacobs in that rushing game, that running game, and even the short passing game, honestly, if they can get going, you know what that does to opposing defenses it starts making them creep up a little bit. Some of those guys like Bobby McCain, Cam Curl, even sometimes uh, William Jackson is, is a very aggressive cornerback. He could bite on a double move. He could bite on a play action real early or a screen look or something like that, and that's where you can get on top of him. I like William Jackson a lot. I liked him coming out of Houston. I liked him when he went to Cincinnati. I hated that he got injured his rookie year, and I think he tore his peck or something. He he was out his rookie year, but uh, I thought that was a big pickup when Washington got him in free agency just because I know that he can go and play the game in a major way. Now, you mentioned Josh Jacobs running the rock and you know getting the three-yard run, the four-yard run, the five-yard run here and there. Uh, For the most part, how much – are the Washington football team, how much are they giving up on the ground? Are they, are they vulnerable to a heavy dose of the run game? Uh, so the run defense is actually their strong suit and their pass defense is, you know, they're 30th in the league against the pass and they're, and they're fourth in the league against the run. And okay. it's kind of, and stats don't always tell the whole story, right? Sometimes that's because teams just throw all over the yard. And, and in some circumstances, that is, that is the case, but that run defense has been pretty good. Um, when they lose contain though, they lose contain in a big way. So if, if the, if the Raiders look for some edge runs, or if or Josh is kind of has his eye op, uh, eyes open and is looking for that lane to be able to cut outside, uh, he could have some success in there. And again, if you know if Landon Collins, if if the poor tackling Landon Collins reemerges here right. uh, this weekend, then obviously that's going to have uh, something to do with it because they just don't have a lot of size behind the defensive line. Once you get into the linebacker group, Cole Holcomb, who has been really the most consistent and best linebacker on the team, is not a large man himself. So uh, Josh Jacobs definitely could be could be. Uh, effective there, provide some body shots against that that Washington defense, and then like we just talked about, set up uh, other things off of that. So there it was right there. Little preview, actually a really good preview, a deep dive into the Washington football team. Many thanks to David Harrison, host of Locked On Washington football team, uh, for providing the time and and giving us that deep dive so you have a better understanding of what to expect on Sunday as the Raiders take on the Washington football team. 105 is the kickoff Pacific Standard Time at Allegiant Stadium. So that's going to do it for today's show. Coming up tomorrow, I'll have my 
my keys to victory, what I think the Raiders will need to do to come away with that victory on Sunday. Also have more news and notes of the day, and we didn't get to any calls or texts, but we will have those on tomorrow's show as we close out the week really strong. So until then, Raider Nation, appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate uh, all the support of the show. Make sure you take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.